Hello, podcast. Welcome to episode 107 here of the Yours Truly podcast. My name, if you are new around here, is Claire Tuning. I am a non-diet registered dietitian and certified intuitive eating counselor, uh, food pun, and peanut butter and jelly enthusiast. That pretty much sums up who I am. But here on episode 107, we are diving into a Q&A episode. So before we get into our Q&A and our Goal Slayer post of the week, I have to say if you hear what sounds like a power tool in the background, it's like a mixture between a hammering noise and a very loud buzzing sound. That is one of my neighbors who has apparently decided to do a home improvement project in the middle of a workday. Um, so apologies in advance if you hear that in the background. Of course, right when I sit down to record, the noise gets even louder. I'm hoping my microphone filters out a little bit of it, but hey, these are the things that we cannot control in our now work from home society. So before we dive into, you know, Q&A, Goalsler posts, like I mentioned a couple of moments ago, I have to share that this episode of the Yours Truly podcast is brought to you by my new online intuitive eating discovery course. So if you, if you have ever wondered how to get started with intuitive eating, what makes it different from dieting, or how to break up with your dieting tools like the scale and food tracking devices, how to start reconnecting to your body's cues around food, and how to begin challenging the voice of your inner food police, then this course is for you. So the course contains a variety of resources that will help you learn how to take your first steps towards having a confident and free relationship with food, including eight audio modules filled with research, real-life anecdotes, guided meditations, and exercises to help you learn more about intuitive eating and begin the process of making peace with food and reconnecting to your body's cues. It also contains 45 plus pages of downloadable PDF worksheets following each audio lesson that contain key takeaways, journal prompts, and activities to help you set realistic goals for yourself after each module. You'll also get lifelong access to a private Facebook community just for course participants where you can ask questions, tune in to weekly live Q&A sessions, kind of like this podcast, but a little bit different, and receive group support from myself and others navigating this journey. And in addition to all of that, there's also some awesome bonus content, such as a 20-minute mindful eating module complete with a guided mindful eating experience, a 45-minute body image Q&A session with licensed professional counselor and body image coach, Brianna Campos, whose episode you can actually find here on episode 84 of the Yours Julie podcast, and you'll also get an additional resources guide to help you learn even more about intuitive eating from many of the other incredible practitioners and activists out there. And there's more, but I'll, I'll stop explaining for now right there. So if you want to learn more about this course and claim your spot today, you can visit clairetuning.com slash course. That's clairetuning, C-H-E-W-N-I-N-G dot com slash course. 
And as a thank you for being a listener here of the podcast, I am actually giving you a discount. So you can enter the code podcast at checkout for 10% off of your enrollment investment. That's clairetuning.com slash course and enter code podcast at checkout for 10% off your intuitive eating discovery course. And I hope to see your name on our participant list very, very soon. So now let's go ahead and dive into our regularly scheduled programming of our Yours Truly Goal Slayer post of the week. So if you are new to the podcast, this is a free private community that is open for anyone who just wants to be in a space to, you know, ask questions, to be in community with other people who are learning more about intuitive eating. This is not associated with the course, but it's a separate pre-private, private, just a, a general Facebook community, if you will. So the post that I would like to feature this week was actually made about a week ago from when I'm recording this podcast, but this community member writes, hi guys, I just wanted to share a small victory that I've had over the past couple of days. I'm in the early stages of my second pregnancy and finally nourishing my body with the food that it wants and an occasional treat for the soul. I feel so exhausted from my weight loss regimen, constant hunger, and obsession with food. So I am just eating intuitively at the moment and I'm moving my body in ways that make me feel good. I caught up with a friend today that I haven't seen in a while and she was complimenting me on my perceived weight loss, etc. It didn't, I didn't make much of it and when she told me how she lost some weight and regained some, but my old self would have been right into the diet talk and how did she lose the weight? What has she been doing, etc. Instead, this time I just said, we're all doing the best that we can in lockdown. And it felt so freeing and good to not get caught in a loop. So first of all, I want to thank this community member for sharing this win, this experience of being faced with the potential of getting caught in some diet talk, but being able to kind of reel it in and say, you know what, I don't want to get caught in this loop at this moment. And hopefully we can all take away a lesson from this experience that this person is sharing that even though we might be faced with some diety talk, even though complimenting weight loss or changes in body size is often viewed as, quote, normalized, that doesn't obligate us to engage in that conversation. We can push back on those comments, we can ignore them, we can pivot conversation. If that is not going to be a helpful or uplifting conversation for you to engage in, again, you are not obligated to engage as this listener uh exemplified there in that moment. So if you would like to come be a part of our Yours Truly Goal Slayer community, you can visit my website, clairetuning.com slash community. Again, clairetuning.com slash community. That's going to take you to the brief application that you need to fill out prior to joining our community so that we are all on the same page with community guidelines, how we speak, how we support each other, etc. So this little corner of the internet continues to be a safe and an uplifting space for everyone who chooses to be there. So 
Da, 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 da. Now that we have done the full intro talking about our intuitive eating discovery course, talking about our goal slayer post of the week, now it's time to get into today's Q&A episode. So this is the second Q&A episode that I have done in recent history. If you're looking for another Q&A episode, I think I released one maybe five, six, seven episodes ago. So if you like this format, be sure to go and check that one out as well. But my standard disclaimer before I get into answering these questions is that these answers to the following questions and this podcast in general are for educational and informational purposes only, and they are not a substitute for individualized medical, nutritional, and or mental health advice. So I'm going to throw that disclaimer out there and we're going to dive into our first question. So I actually got a couple of questions along these lines here. So I tried to kind of summarize them all and group them all into one category so I could give a general answer to satisfy each of them. But a lot of these questions were along the lines of what the heck do I do on days when I am just not hungry? Or how do I manage when I'm not hungry, but I know I probably should eat because my body needs energy, um, especially if I haven't eaten in a while, but what the heck am I supposed to be doing if I'm not receiving those cues that are telling me I need to eat again? So these are really great, great questions as something that I hear a lot with intuitive eating regarding the principle honor your hunger is, well, Claire, what do I do if I'm not getting regular hunger cues? Does that just mean that I shouldn't eat? And the answer to that is no, no, no. Just because you are not getting regular hunger cues does not necessarily automatically mean that your body does just not need fuel. Doesn't really work that way. So first I think it's important to explore why might this be happening? Why might these individuals not be getting hunger cues? Or why might their hunger cues be occurring in a way that doesn't really grab their attention. Maybe it's very subtle, maybe they're easy to miss, etc. So there are many different reasons why this could be happening, but I'll go over a few general ones here that I often see happening most frequently. So the first one is uh, different types of medications can alter how we experience hunger in our bodies. Some medications can increase our hunger cues, which isn't really something I will be diving into here because the question was kind of on the other side of the spectrum, but some medications can also decrease our hunger signals or kind of mute them in a way. Another reason why this might be happening is as a result of undernourishing your body or chronic dieting in a way where you haven't been getting adequate fuel for any length of time, especially longer amounts of time if you have been restricting and not eating enough. It's very likely that your metabolic rate has decreased, so your body is no longer sending you regular hunger signals that adequately reflect the amount of energy that you need to survive and thrive on a daily basis. 
This could also be happening due to maybe an emotionally charged time in your life. For example, in times of increased stress, in periods of grief, in periods of sadness, really any kind of extreme emotion that takes a toll on you and your energy levels where your mind is just focused on something else beyond food and beyond eating. That can be a reason why hunger cues might be a little bit different than they are for you on a more normal basis. And the other thing, again, many reasons here, this is not an exhaustive list, but the other thing as kind of a main umbrella category that comes to mind is you could potentially have some sort of underlying medical condition that is changing or impacting how you are experiencing your hunger cues. So if this is you, if any of those reasonings maybe apply to you, or maybe you're just falling into this category of, I'm not that hungry, does that mean I don't need to eat? Then I want to encourage you to remember two important things. I hinted at this first one a couple of moments ago, but it's really important to remember that an absence of hunger cues does not mean that your body doesn't need fuel. And the second thing that I'd like you to remember is another principle of intuitive eating. While one, of course, is honor your hunger, another one is respect your body. And sometimes respecting your body might look like honoring your body's need for regular and adequate fuel, even when you might not be feeling strong hunger cues. So if this is the case for you, again, if you're saying, I know I'm probably not eating enough or I need to eat more regularly, but I'm just not getting those cues, you may find it helpful to set some alarm reminders on your phone. Maybe if you're not an alarm reminder type of person, it would be helpful. There's a very loud power tool. Again, apologies if you can hear it. But if you're not an alarm reminder person, you might find it helpful to put some sticky notes around either your home or your workspace, any place where you're spending a decent chunk of your day where you're maybe going long periods of time without remembering to eat. So I love the idea of an alarm reminder, maybe setting a couple throughout the day, maybe one in the morning, one in the early afternoon, mid-afternoon, around the evening or dinner time. So when these alarms go off, you consciously have to pause and consider for a moment How am I feeling? Maybe I'm not getting a strong hunger cue, but how are my energy levels? What am I thinking about right now? When was the last time I ate? I mean, if your answer to that question is, it has been hours since I've eaten anything, it might be a good idea at that point in time to consider, you know, what sounds good? What do I have on hand and accessible to me? And what might I be able to nourish my body with at this time? So again, I got a lot of questions along those lines, but hopefully that answer satisfies most of them. So moving on to our second question here. After dieting for years, how do you get your hunger cues to return to normal? I really saw that hunger cues were a very common theme in a lot of the questions that I got. So as I hinted at a little bit in the last question that I just answered, um, you can kind of 
pick apart some of the, the responses I gave there that might be helpful for answering this question as well, but a little bit more specifically to this question because it brings up the fact of dieting for years. But dieting can definitely be something that impacts and changes your hunger cues in a way that is not always positive. So actually one side effect of dieting is a slowed metabolism. And when your metabolism slows, you aren't going to be feeling those hunger cues as strongly as you might be if you have been offering your body adequate fuel day in and day out. Again, our body is hardwired for survival, so in periods of restriction or a perceived famine by your body where it's not getting enough, you know, macronutrients, micronutrients, energy as a whole, what it's going to do to help you survive is it's going to slow down the amount of energy that you use every day or the amount of energy or calories that you burn or expend because your body's like, if we're not getting enough, I got to conserve what I am getting so I can survive. So tip number one here is going to be to eat regularly. And what I mean by this, this is going to look a little bit different for everyone. And of course, it's going to be dependent on, you know, your schedule and what you have access to. Again, my answers here are generalized. Um, but when I say eating regularly, what I mean here is maybe every three to four or three to five hours at the most, even if you are not always feeling those strong hunger cues. Eating regularly or kind of within these general windows of time can help you begin eating enough and will help your metabolism begin to restore to firing on all cylinders, for lack of a better term. So as I mentioned again in the previous answer that I just gave, setting alarm reminders might be helpful here when it comes to eating a little bit more regularly, even if you're not experiencing those strong cues. So I know there's a lot of nuance kind of here to this answer because I know eating regularly might not be feasible for everyone or maybe for you listening. Something that I see a lot in clients who I have worked with who maybe work in a service industry, maybe they're seeing patients, they're seeing clients, they have to be working with other human beings on a very regular basis. It might not always be appropriate to be whipping out a snack and going from <laughs> one room to the next or one client to the next. I know that can add an additional challenging layer kind of to this conversation. Or maybe again, you just have a super busy schedule and you're thinking to yourself, I don't have the time to eat that regularly. Maybe that's the story at least you're telling yourself. Um, if this is the case for you, one little trick or hack that you may find helpful is maybe considering having some sort of drinkable fuel on hand. And what I mean by this is maybe a smoothie of sorts, maybe some kind of shake that you find satisfying, that is palatable, that doesn't upset your stomach. And to clarify here, I am not 
all caps, not <laughs> encouraging using these things as a meal replacement, but rather to make offering your body fuel on a regular basis more feasible if you have to be on the go or you have one of those schedules where it's really challenging to carve out more time to eat on a regular basis. Ideally, these forms of drinkable fuel, again, the smoothie, the shake, would be in addition to a few regular meals throughout the day. So I just want to be very abundantly clear there when I say a drinkable fuel, a smoothie, a shake, I am not promoting using those as a meal substitute or a meal replacement, but rather having them in addition to the regular meals that you can carve out time for. They can be kind of a, a really awesome safety net to help ensure that you're getting fuel regularly throughout the day, even if you're not always able to sit down and have like a solid food snack um, every three to five hours, kind of like I was saying earlier. So next question, how should you handle someone who brags about not eating enough? So first and foremost, if you are someone who does this, please stop. You are not helping anyone. I hope if you're here listening to this podcast and you're learning more about intuitive eating and how diet culture can harm us on a physical, mental, emotional, social level, all of these things, I hope you are not going around bragging about how little you eat or not eating enough. But again, if you are someone who does this, please consider stopping because it is really not helpful to you or anyone else around you. So in standing up to comments like this, your response is probably going to depend on who is making the comment and how well you know them. Generally, I find responding with something like, I don't think it's cool to brag about how little you eat because eating enough is essential for our survival and for our health. Maybe something like that could be helpful. Just letting this person know, hey, this isn't cool. Eating enough is essential. We have to do this for our health, for energy levels, etc. I find that is a simple, non-confrontational way to kind of push back a little bit on that conversation. You can also say something along the lines of, you know, I'm worried that talking about how little you eat could actually be really harmful to those around you, myself included. So would you mind not making those types of comments in the future, please? Or would you mind, you know, not talking about food in that way or not bringing up restriction and putting it on a pedestal? I find some verbiage like that might also be helpful. Again, as I said a couple of seconds ago, I think how you respond and handle these types of comments is really going to depend on what environment you're in, who's making the comment, how well you know them. But generally speaking, I think just letting them know this isn't cool. Your comment could be harmful to myself, to other people around us. That could be a helpful way to navigate these moments without getting too confrontational. But hey, if you want to get confrontational, if this is someone you're comfortable with and they won't take no for an answer and they keep, you know, bringing up these types of conversations, feel free to insert a narrative that might be a little bit more abrasive in that moment. 
Next question here, and this is the final one that I'm going to answer for today, just so this episode doesn't become too lengthy and, and too ranty. I love having guests on because it kind of breaks up the amount of speaking that I have to do. <laughs> so I, I try to keep these solo episodes a little bit on the shorter side so you don't get bored by just hearing my voice. But this final question reads, how do you bring in gentle nutrition with clients? First of all, I love how this question is phrased with clients, as this is a topic that I cover with all of my clients throughout some point in our journey as a team, but how I cover it and introduce it to each one of them will be a little bit different because we are all different human beings and we all have our own individual relationships with food and our own histories with food. And I think our history with food, our you know relationship with food and all that we have been through in our life is really important to consider in how we start to talk about nutrition from this gentle nutrition lens. Generally speaking though, this is really never ever, I can say that with absolute certainty, that it is never the first topic that I dive into with any of my one-on-one clients. Rather, it's normally a conversation that comes much later in our work together as a team. Because after all, that principle of honor your health through gentle nutrition is the final principle of intuitive eating. It is number 10 of 10. So that doesn't necessarily mean that we progress linearly throughout all of the principles. So we don't necessarily go, you know, week one, principle one, week two, principle two. It's not necessarily that regimented or structured. We do kind of bounce around a little bit depending on what is coming up for the person, you know, their previous relationship with food and, you know, what it is that they want to work through. But again, I can say with absolute certainty that we do save gender nutrition for a little bit later in our work together as a team. So you might be hearing me say this and you might be asking, well, why don't you address it first? Is there a reason? Is there an explanation that you can give me, Claire? And the explanation that I give is the point of gentle nutrition is to help us understand how different foods, you know, work in the body, what benefits different foods have, and how all different types of food can have a place in our lives. And I always say that gentle nutrition is something that can help inform our choices, but never leads us to restrict our choices or to have us chastise ourselves and our choices for making a decision in the name of, quote, health, right? Something that I find a lot of diets do is they say, ooh, you, quote, you know, shouldn't be choosing that food because it's not as healthful, it's not as nutrient dense. And what we don't want to happen is we don't want gentle nutrition to become another set of rules and guidelines that make us fear food or avoid eating foods that we enjoy, again, solely in the name of, quote, health. So again, it's something that we use to inform our choices, to learn about nutrition, the science behind it, but it's not something that leads us to restricting our choices or, you know, chastising ourselves in the name of health. So, 
that what I just said uh, of how we approach gentle nutrition and what the point of it is, is quite the opposite of how I would argue that diet culture uses and even sometimes I would argue weaponizes nutrition to be a tool of shame and judgment. So finding and learning a different view of nutrition is really challenging in and of itself, um, but it's even harder, if not impossible, to do when someone is still living under the thumb of so many different food rules, which is honestly how many of the people who enter into this work how they feel at first. I mean, I think you, listener, you might agree if, you know, in the beginning of your intuitive eating journey, maybe you're still there, maybe this is years ago for you, but if you remember the mindset that you entered into this work with, it was very likely a mindset where you were moralizing food, you know, food was good or it was bad, you had a laundry list of food rules, you were, you know, shaming yourself for making certain choices, and if we're coming into this work with that mindset, it's going to be really challenging, again, if not impossible, to learn a different view on nutrition if all we think when we think about food is good, bad, clean, dirty, you know, laundry list of rules that I learned from decades and decades of dieting. So if we were to dive into nutrition, the first time that we spoke as a, as a client and a coach, then this approach or this, you know, intuitive eating mindset would really be no different than a diety approach. So first, what we have to do instead is work on things like rejecting the diet mentality, making peace with food, reconnecting to our cues around food, and quieting the voice of our inner food police. Because once we are able to do this as a team, and my clients can clearly communicate that they have a more neutral and a more non-judgmental relationship with food, then we can start talking about a nutrition from a more neutral perspective. You know, where we talk about the science of nutrition and the different nutritional properties that different foods have. But again, that information is not centered as something that overshadows the innate wisdom that they hold around food. This is a part of the journey where we're really connecting this idea of eating what we want and what is accessible to us with attunement to how we want to feel. And honestly, it's pretty cool to see all of this come together kind of in the more latter stages of when I'm working with a client. And something that I see happening so often, again, to individuals who are first coming into this work, you know, you're transitioning out of diet culture, the dieting cycle, we oftentimes wanna dive into gentle nutrition prematurely. We want to say, okay, I want to make peace with food and I want to feel perfectly, quote, balanced in my food choices. And if this is happening to you, it makes complete and total sense why you want to get close to this sense of balance and eating with attunement to how you want to feel. And we will get there. You will get there at some point in your intuitive eating journey. And at the same time, I am here to say, if you haven't yet 
neutralized food, if you haven't made peace with food, if you haven't explored some of the the earlier principles of intuitive eating, I would not recommend diving into gentle nutrition because if you do, it's going to be no different from a lot of the diets because you're likely still going to use nutrition to, um, you know, like you're going to weaponize it in a way, kind of like I said a couple of moments ago. If you're in this negative, good, bad relationship and mindset with food, it's really challenging, if not impossible, to view nutrition as something that is neutral, as something that is non-judgmental if you're in this diety mindset still. So there is a reason why the incredible pioneer dietitians Evelyn Triboli, Elise Rush, there is a reason why they put Honor your health through gentle nutrition is one of the last or the last principle of intuitive eating because all of the other principles are really important pieces of the puzzle, kind of laying the foundation, laying the the groundwork before we're able to get to this place and move through it in a way that's going to be lasting long term and, you know, positive for our physical health, our mental health, emotional health, etc. I feel like I had to take a breath after talking through these Q&A episodes because, again, it is so much of me talking solo. But I hope throughout some of these Q and these A's questions and answers, you found a couple of helpful tidbits or nuggets that you can take with you, apply to your journey, keep in mind whatever you might find helpful as you keep moving forward to to make peace with food and whatever other goals you might have for yourself along this journey. So as always, as the jackhammer goes in the background, if you found anything that I covered in this episode to be helpful, to be encouraging, to be enlightening to your process. I would be forever grateful if you could take a couple of moments, however much time you have, tap those five stars, leave a review, letting me know what you enjoy about the show, what you're learning, anything that you would like to see more of, please let me know. And also the best way that this show can grow to reach the ears of more listeners is by individuals like yourself giving us ratings and reviews and sharing this message to anyone or with anyone who might find it helpful. So on that note, if you're listening on iTunes, you can very easily share this episode by tapping the three little dots in the bottom right-hand corner of your screen and pressing, I think it says either share episode or copy link, and then you can text it. You can email it. You can, you know, put it in a swipe up feature on your Instagram story. You can also screenshot this episode wherever you might be listening, upload it to your story, give me a tag, let me know your favorite A to the Q's, and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week ahead. But until next Wednesday, take care and we'll talk soon.